everybody should definitely come to Baltimore. We have a way of speaking to each other through food. It's really renewed for me, my love of what I do. It's going to take something far stronger than a pandemic to defeat us. All of these businesses are taking precautions to make sure that everyone is safe. We're ready. See what we've got going on. Plan your visit at Baltimore.org. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we're live, but we got to let it breathe just for a moment. Everybody knows the drill. Everyone knows the rules and how this works. We got we got to wait for five green check marks, and we're almost there. Hold your horses, and we're good. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me is my fellow football priest and the deputy editor of MileHighHuddle.com, Zach Kelberman. Zach, we had a lot of juicy topics to get to tonight, but to kind of open things up a little bit more lighthearted, the Denver Broncos unveiled what the new players from the rookies to the free agents to the trade acquisitions like Teddy Bridgewater, what jersey numbers everyone is going to be wearing. And that includes, of course, the uh, the new allowances that have been made in the NFL rules for non-specialists and non-QBs to wear single-digit numbers on their jersey. So I don't know if you got a chance to look at the full gamut of what everybody's wearing. We'll go through it, but anything jump out at you? Uh, as I told you before we went on, I really don't care about jersey numbers, Chad. You're going to have to do the heavy lifting for this uh, this segment because I really have no investment one way or the other. I did notice that Sertan took Kendall Hinton's number, the 2020 MVP Kendall Hinton. Uh, Caden Stearns took Philip Lindsay's number, but these are just jerseys. And me, for one, I might sound like the Grinch or the old man yelling on the lawn at a cloud. I don't like the single-digit uh, jersey numbers. I like the old way. This was a change for the sake of making change, and that's what the NFL does best, unfortunately. I thought it was cool that, you know what, college, it's like a coming of age when you go from the college from college to the pros that, you know, there's certain things that you got to do in the pro way. And look, if you're a wide out or a corner wearing a single-digit number, if maybe that was your, your jam in high school, maybe that was your jam in college, but it's not going to fly. I'm inclined to agree with you, but this thing is continuing to change. Let me just run through this for everybody. We want your thoughts on what numbers you think are going to really pop here. For your 2021 draft class, Pat Sertan, he took the number two. Running back, Javante Williams, took number 33, which I thought was kind of curious. Quinn Miners took number 77, made most famous in Denver by, of course, great linebacker uh, Carl Mecklenburg. Baron Browning wears a dope linebacker number. He's going to wear 56. Caden Stearns uh, taking over the old Terrell Davis, David Bruton, Philip Lindsay number of 30. Jamar Johnson, the safety, 41. The wideout, Seth Williams, 19. The corner, Kerry Vincent, number 35. Off, or, excuse me, uh, edge rusher, Jonathan Cooper, number 53. Here's kind of a weird one. Maybe they don't expect him to make the team. I don't know. Marquise Spencer, the seventh-round pick. Number 51, Zach, and then a couple others real quick. The free agent and trade, so the veterans. Teddy Bridgewater, surprise, surprise, taking his traditional number five. Ronald Darby, free agent corner, taking number 21. Hmm. Kyle Fuller, taking 23. So Michael O.J. Mudia vacated his number. We'll get to that here in a sec, just a second. Taking 23. Mike Boone, a dope number for a running back in Denver, 26. Clinton Portis, 
Tatum Bell, some good running backs have worn that number in Denver. Uh, Natrez Patrick, number 57, the linebacker. The tight end, Eric Sobert, number 82. Isaiah Mack, the tackle, defensive tackle, 97. And then Shamar Steven, 99. And then here's the change numbers. All right, K.J. Hamler went from 13 to 1. Kendall Hinton vacating number two, of course, to Patrick Sertan, number nine now. O.J. Moody is going to wear what K.J. Hamler was wearing, number 13. And then Nate Harrison, the veteran corner, number 27, Zach. I forgot that Nate Harrison was still part of the Broncos, Chad, all the quarterbacks they have now. Uh, nothing really jumps out to me. Like I said, uh, K.J. Hamler, number one, is kind of cool for a receiver, especially a speedy wide receiver. Uh, Ronald Darby, though, rocking a keep to leaves 21. I thought that's a little interesting. But to me, maybe, again, I'm just being ornery tonight, but jersey numbers, especially these jersey numbers, with all the changes, don't do much for me. So Here's kind of a look at – I mean, as close to we'll get for now, what they'll look like in the flesh. But that's still to me, man. Seeing wide receivers and corners wearing single-digit numbers, that's gonna that's gonna take some getting used to. But nevertheless, gang, we have a really fun show planned for you tonight. <clears throat> of course, we have it's an impromptu. We usually save our Wednesday a show for our superstar segments, but we're making a special exception, a special dispensation for. In the shop with Willie because we've had some scheduling snafus that were my fault. And Willie was kind enough to roll with those punches and make some time for us tonight. So we can't wait to talk to him about some of these hot button issues. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to the latest, what James Palmer had to say recently, his report on the odds of not only Aaron Rodgers getting dealt, Zach, from Green Bay and your story on this, but also where the Broncos, how the Broncos factor in, what's going on there. We're going to get to all that here in just a second. First, though, we got to run through some quick matters of business. Guys, make sure you're following the podcast on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod, and then our main account, at MileHighHuddle. If you are following those two accounts, you're not going to miss anything relative to the shows, relative to breaking Broncos news and analysis. Also, follow our producer. He's back in the saddle game. He's on the ones. He's on the twos. Buona Beast, at John K M H H on Twitter. My partner, Zach Kelberman, at Kelberman NFL. Myself, at Chad and Jensen. And then, hey, consider becoming a supporter on Facebook. All right, go to our main Mile High Huddle Facebook page. There's about 95,000 people following that page. You'll see the big blue button, become a supporter, click that. You're in like Flynn. You get access to Kelberman's Corner, which is every Sunday at noon. You get access to the Trickle Zone every Saturday at noon Mountain Time. Plus, we're continuing to roll out new shows and unique content specifically for our super supporters over there. On Facebook, so check that out when you get some time. Also, the merch store, guys, get yourself a, a hack, get yourself a T-shirt at HuddleUpPod.com. Get your swag on. It's another way to support the brand, support what we are doing here at MHH. And if you're not in a position to do those things, it's all good. We're seriously just stoked to have you with us. We do ask that you subscribe. Make sure you are subscribed, whether it's YouTube, Spotify, Apple Pods, iHeart, <clears throat> wherever you enjoy the show. Just make sure you're subscribed. If you're on YouTube. If you're on Facebook, those two channels in particular, please make sure you like this video. Even if you're only, even if you only have the time to hang out for five minutes of the show, give it a quick like because that's the best way to guarantee that this content will get in front of other Broncos fans like you, but are ignorant of the MHH community that's waiting to embrace them, waiting to fold them in and uh, rock and roll in Broncos country. And then three, hey, look, if you respect the effort share this video out there and help us continue to grow and reach those new like-minded Broncos fans just like you. 
Are you ready for spring? Well, now is the perfect time to add a proven winner's hydrangea to your landscape. Beautiful and easy to grow, there's one for every style and situation. Look for proven winner's hydrangeas in the white containers at your local garden center. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico's. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Turn off your laptop. We're on staycation. I'm on TotalWine.com. They have so many rosés, chardonnays, and proseccos. It feels like a real vacation. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. And Zach, real quick here, before we bring on Willie, I just want to shout out Diamond Rattler, sending us a very, very nice, uh, very cool, very painstaking um I mean, it's a necklace, but it's a it's a memento. This is something that's going to end up on the wall in my office as soon as my office is done being built, which is very, very soon. And we'll do like some behind the scenes on this office. It's going to be pretty, pretty dope. But anyway, very painstaking. Diamond Rattler, props to you. I cannot believe that, uh, you, I mean, the time it must have taken to do this, the passion that went into that. Really appreciate it. Very cool. Very close to, to our heart here at MHA. So thank you very much, my friend. Seriously. Uh, very impressed and uh, blown away. So, all right, without further ado, Zach, let's bring on the man, the myth, the legend, Willie. In the shop with Willie, in the house with us now, rocking a very <laughs> appropriate Drew Lock t-shirt, all right? Willie, it's, man, seriously, thanks for uh, rolling with the punches, as I mentioned, getting you scheduled, making some time for us tonight. How are you doing, my friend? I'm pretty good. How are you guys? Excellent. Sweet. We too are rolling with the punches, but we're living the dream. We're living the dream. Thanks to our great community. It's great to see you. So first things first, we want to, we want to get your, we'll, we'll ask you some of the questions we like to, to ask about just kind of how you became Broncos fan, a Broncos fan and some of your favorite moments and stuff like that. But first things first, obviously you're a supporter of Drew Locke. I mean, that's yeah. most literally <laughs> obvious, but what are your thoughts on the idea of Aaron Rodgers because there are new reports every day. Something new is coming out. Many signs, many little evidences and breadcrumbs on the trail pointing to Aaron Rodgers perhaps landing in Denver as a Broncos fan, as a Drew Locke supporter. What are, what is your take on that subject? I, I believe the reports. Like I believe the people that are saying that the odds are pretty solid that he comes to Denver. I do not want him here. He's, I think he's a cancer to the locker room in Green Bay, and I don't think this young of a roster could handle that. I just don't. And it would take way too much to get him, in my opinion. Willie, you know, I ha- I'm kind of going to change it up a little bit. I know you're a lock supporter, as are we. I kind of want your opinion, though. Break down Drew's game for me. What do you think are his strongest suits? What do you think he has to improve on uh, going into the season to take hold of that spot that we all know, us three at least, know is possible for Drew given his arm talent? But what do you think is the or the pros and the cons to a Drew Lock-led offense this coming season? Um, well, obviously, his footwork needs to get better. Like That's just the way it is. Um, but I think the best thing he's got going for him is his arm, and he needs to be able to use that more accurately and if he's got a huge arm he needs to be more accurate with deep passes for sure 
And I think having Cortland Sutton back will be a major, major bonus on that one. I, I think it affected him more last year than most people want to give him credit for. But I think his footwork needs to get better. And obviously his decision-making when he's trying to play hero ball just needs to get better. He's got to learn how to walk that razor's edge, you know, of, of being smart and managing the game and taking those chances and those and capitalizing on those opportunities when they arise. But let me ask you this, all right, with with Aaron Rodgers, we have a super chat here from Seth Harmon. Seth, thank you for the super, my friend. You have been a, an absolute stud lately. Keep it coming, my brother. We really appreciate it. His question for us is, what players would you trade for Aaron Rodgers? Now, Zach, Willie, there are a few different packages that have floated around out there, everything from you know CBS Sports speculating three, three first-rounders, a couple of twos, Hey, throw in a Bradley Chubb, throw in a Graham Glasgow, or throw in a Jerry Judy or Noah Fant, too. Uh, I think it was Troy Rank last week reporting that, no, 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 two ones, one, two, and maybe a you know, corners, young cornerstone player. To even newer packages we're hearing about uh, today, for example, Zach, that we referenced, you referenced in the green room. Willie, if there was a package that you'd be willing to accept to land Aaron Rodgers, I know you're not a big fan of the idea, but is there a player – that you'd be willing to part with. It could, I mean, obviously, it would take a couple of high-round picks as well. Hey, Ridgewater, and that's it. The, the list is short. There's a couple <laughs> other young players that I'd be okay with, but there's not many. How about you, Zach? Um, you know, I, I more or less agree with Willie. Um, I, I don't think I'm as staunchly against it, but I, Tim Patrick would be, I think, my limit as to where I would go. Maybe like a Malik Reed type, but – the latest rumor involves KJ Hamler and Teddy Bridgewater on top of two first round picks on top of a second rounder on top of a conditional fourth to me as the expression you like to use all the time. It's just a bridge too far for a 38 year old quarterback. He is as good as he's ever going to be. And probably his pass is going to be behind him now going forward, but he's still 38. That is the bottom line. You can't change that. You can't mask that. You can't hide that. That's the, the downside to me. There's three things about Rodgers, and by the way, Kane Dawson, appreciate the super. Another phrase that we like to use on this show, the juice ain't worth the Rodgers squeeze. Appreciate the support, my friend. There's three things about Rodgers that give me some pause, why it's not just an automatic here, you know, take our firstborn kid, thank you, please. Aaron Rodgers is now a Bronco. Number one, the age, which you did a good job elucidating there. How many years do you get with Aaron? Is it three? Is it two? Is it three? Is it maybe four? Four is it maybe five? He's going to want a new contract. All right, that's number two. You're going to have to make some additional room on the salary cap. And the good news is, you know, if you're a, an Aaron Rodgers truther, Broncos have the cap flexibility right now to accommodate Aaron Rodgers a new contract. All right, here's this third thing: that collarbone. I worry about that collarbone because he's he's fractured it. He's injured that, caused him to miss time uh, at least twice in his NFL career. All right. And then, Willie, you brought up something that's also a concern, which is, is he a cancer? Now, I'm not convinced that he's a cancer, all right, to, to quote you exactly, Willie. But as I've said on this show before, <clears throat> he's a little bit weird. He's known for being a little bit of kind of a, you know, he's just a different duck, marches to, to the beat of his own drummer, so to speak. But those are the big downsides as I see it, Willie. I agree. And uh the, the, my biggest takeaway is if we were going to give up that much for Aaron Rodgers, we should have, before all the allegations, given up the same amount for Deshaun Watson instead. We were complaining about people saying that we had a good 
10 years with Deshaun Watson. And well, with Aaron Rodgers, we've got like three. So we're, I, before we were criticizing the Deshaun Watson deal, who is a much more long-term player. Right. We, we just don't have the upside with Aaron Rodgers, except maybe three years. That's all I'm going to say that he's got that's viable left. He's not Tom Brady. I agree with that. And I saw a comment that says, and I, I really like uh, Jeremy Sean. He's a good comment, commentator, good listener, and good fan of the show. But Rodgers is not a top five all-time quarterback. That's that's not fact. That's your opinion, Jeremy. And, you know, you give up. If Brady was available, you would give up these draft picks. But like Willie just said, he's not Brady. I mean, he has one title to his name. He's choked more in the playoffs than people realize. And if you're going to give up franchise-altering capital, like Willie elucidated just right then, at least let it be for a player who's 26, like Deshaun Watson, not 38, like A-Rod. Indeed. Let me grab this super from Tom up in Canada. Appreciate you, brother. You have just been on fire lately. Keep it keep it coming. He says, stick to the program. Don't need Rodgers. Two to three years with Rodgers and then back to the QB carousel. Stick with the program and let Locke progress. He'll win you 10 to 12 games a year and be here for at least 10 years. Thank you, Tom. Here's an interesting point on this very subject, Willie, that I want to serve over to you. Little Birdie told me today that the Denver Broncos are very, let's just say, confident that Drew Locke it's going to be a competition of some sort. We're here in 50-50. We'll see if it shakes out that way. But he's going to have to compete. He's going to have to sing for a supper. But the Broncos are very confident that the Drew Lock of 2020, this year's version of Drew, is going to be significantly improved over 2020. And I think you can point to just more years in the league, maturation, you know, time on task. But I think the biggest thing they're banking on, Willie, is having the same offensive coordinator two years in a row and, you know, that's that's really, I think, the, the bottom line thing that the Broncos are banking on in terms of him potentially turning the corner. But it's going to have to happen in camp. He's going to have to vanquish Teddy Bridgewater. So do you expect to see Drew Locke, if it is indeed an open competition, emerge as the victor over Teddy? I don't I don't even think it's close. Um, I think Drew obviously is the one that would win that in a legitimate competition. I think Teddy's. I think he's a ceiling is about about a little higher than Drew's floor. Like I just I don't think his ceiling is there. I think they understand that. And you said it was a little birdie that told you that. I don't really think that it's been a little birdie. I think Peyton's been saying exactly that for months now. He's confident in the QB room, and we need to actually believe him because I think he's been spot on. Like we called forever ago, we weren't drafting a quarterback in the first round, and look. We didn't like it. He's confident in the QB room and he wasn't lying when he said it. Yeah. Instead of a little birdie, it's been a vulture just squawking from a hundred feet up in the air about the Broncos <laughs> quarterbacks. But uh, Mike has a question for you. Willie, do you have a favorite Drew Locke moment? Um, the, uh, the Texans game. I really, really liked the Texans game. I was a big fan of that. Um, Cause I was pretty skeptical of him coming in. Cause we're already having a rocky year, and I didn't expect a rookie to come in and change anything. And then he just lit it up the Texans game. And then, I mean, we were all calling for – at the time, we were all calling for Scangarello's job because he was way too conservative with every game plan he ever had. But Little did we know what was coming the next year. Yeah, little did we know. <laughs> um, so, I mean, probably the entire Texans game or or the uh, the two deep balls to Hamler in the Panthers game. 
Willie, that's, let's get off nice. the quarterback uh, subject for just a second. Tell us about George Payton in your estimation. I think he's had a, done a bang-up job in his first year as GM. Uh, how would you categorize uh, his ability as Elway's successor? What's been your favorite move he's made, and what's been your uh, least favorite move that he's made or hasn't made? Uh, my least favorite, we'll start there, would be uh, getting rid of Lindsey. Um, let's be honest, I, I would have rather seen Shermer go. Um, mm. Agree there. And, uh, <laughs> like it's, it's his offense is so 1999 and uh we don't have any of that so i just don't think it's any good but um, my favorite move of his would probably be not drafting a quarterback at nine mm. I, all right well i didn't want one last one for you my friend all right now it's up to you if you would like to uh you know tell people where where you live but i'll just say this you're one of the great members of our community that uh, exemplify the hashtag state of being, right? Broncos country is not a geographic location. It is a state of being. And so being that you're not from Denver, or at least you're not living in Denver, uh, how did you become such a dedicated, passionate, hardcore fan of the Broncos? Um, I, I live two hours straight north of Kansas City, so I am in the heart of Chiefs uh, country, and I cannot stand Chiefs fans. <laughs> So that really helps. So being a fan of a rival team helped. But growing up, my brother and his best friend were both uh, both Broncos fans, and I am a huge Shannon Sharp fan, even though he's kind of a kind of a Chiefs fan now. But I'm a huge Shannon Sharp fan, and it really helped. Um, I'm only 24, so I missed most of the early success that would have been like right the year I was born or a couple years after I was born. So I missed all that, and I just. I've just been a big fan of, I guess, everything recent. Um, I wasn't a fan of the Peyton Manning signing originally, but sort of it grew on me, obviously. It kind of forced itself on me. But, uh, not really a whole lot of options there. Um, but I just sort of grew up with everybody uh, older than me was a Broncos fan, and it just sort of trickled down to me. Osmosis, as it so often, <laughs> uh, as it so often works. Well, Willie, hey, man. Really fun talking with you. Really appreciate your insights on some of these key issues, even though it'll have some of the, the Aaron Rodgers truthers in the <laughs> chat getting a little uptight and a, and a little, uh, you know, they'll, they'll, I'm sure they'll take exception to a few of the things you said. But from the bottom of our hearts, thank you, my friend. We appreciate everything you do for our community and supporting the show, supporting all the shows, supporting the channel. So thank you very much. Your T-shirt is officially, that order is in. You should see it, I don't know, probably a week or so. But, Willie, thank you so much, my friend, and we will talk with you soon. Thank you. Later, guys. Thanks, there he goes. I think what flavor of these new Dunkin' Coconut Refreshers you get says a lot about you. Really? What's it say about me? Well, you got the refreshing golden peach because you're vibrant, fun, and positive. Oh, what about me? The bold purple pomegranate means you're vibrant, fun, and positive. I take it I got this delicious pink strawberry because I'm vibrant, fun, and positive. Yeah, it's a simple system, really. Share the shine. Enjoy a medium Dunkin' Coconut Refresher for $3. Order ahead plus earn rewards. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Limited time offer excludes classic Dunkin' Refreshers. I think what flavor of these new Dunkin' Coconut Refreshers you get says a lot about you. Really? What's it say about me? Well, you got the refreshing golden peach because you're vibrant, fun, and positive. Oh, what about me? The bold purple pomegranate means you're vibrant, fun, and positive. I take it I got this delicious pink strawberry because I'm vibrant, fun, and positive. Yeah, it's a simple system, really. Share the shine. Enjoy a medium Dunkin' Coconut Refresher for $3. Order ahead plus earn rewards. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Limited time offer excludes classic Dunkin' Refreshers. 
Turn off your laptop. We're on staycation. I'm on TotalWine.com. They have so many rosés, chardonnays, and proseccos. It feels like a real vacation. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. In the shop with Willie from the top rope. I thought it was interesting. Now, listen, I'm, I'm not quite as, um, you know, I'm not quite as hardcore on the anti- Aaron Rodgers thing. I could be totally amenable to an Aaron Rodgers trade depending on the cost. And that's as a guy who believes, you know, in Drew Locke's ceiling that he still hasn't gotten there, that the best could be yet to come from Drew. But nevertheless, Zach, I thought it was interesting because he talked about, hey, look, was it really that big of a surprise that the Broncos didn't take a quarterback? Do you need little birdies telling you things to deduce that the Broncos actually have some confidence in Drew Locke? I love that because that's something, Zach, we've been trying to tell people since long before the draft, that there is some there there in terms of how George Payton feels about Drew, how Vic Fangio feels, how Pat Shermer feels, Mike Shula. They passed on every quarterback. Well, not every, but most of the quarterbacks, right? They didn't draft a quarterback. And you can argue, well, if they really love Drew as much as you're making it out to, to sound like, there would be none of these ties to every quarterback under the sun that's been made available, you know, on the trade market from Matthew Stafford to the tangential connection to uh, Carson Wentz. And then here we are, of course, Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers. But guys, I'm telling you, if you can land a whale, you get the whale. But the Broncos, they're a lot higher on Drew than people realize. Well, I really appreciate Willie's honesty and how blunt he was. And as someone who doesn't really shy away from speaking their mind about this, it's not easy approaching the lock subject in Broncos country, being on lock side, being a Druther, as they're called now, apparently, Chad. And I don't know if he's so against the Aaron Rodgers trade. Willie did point out correctly, though, that A-Rod has diva tendencies. And I don't think that's disputable. I, I, he does. He's always, like you said, kind of gone his own way, marched to the beat of his own drum, done what he's wanted. His personality's been out there. You can look up the issues with his family and the dynamics and his relationships and all that. I mean, you'd be getting some sort of baggage with him. And I like what he said about Locke. It's, what he said that stuck with me was that he said Teddy's ceiling is just a little higher than Drew's floor. And putting it that way is a real perspective changer for someone in Broncos country who might be an independent or an undecided voter, as they were, Chad, kind of nudging him toward the side of the incumbent. Because like we've mentioned, the untapped potential in Drew, you can argue it, it's there and it can be abundant. You know, I think if if Teddy has an edge at all, it's in the fact that he, for the most part, you know, he's he can play things pretty close to the best in terms of you know, it's pretty rare that Teddy Bridgewater does much to put your team in a tough situation. Now, last year was kind of the outlier for him. You could go to his – you'd have to go all the way back to his rookie year to find double-digit interceptions in a, in a full season. So if there's anything that he has, Zach, as an edge over Drew, it's if they get going in this open competition. And maybe Drew's doing well in terms of pushing the ball and creating some big plays in training camp, but but there are a few picks and a few turnovers that come a little bit. And yet Teddy Bridgewater, maybe not so many big plays downfield, but he's moving the offense up and down. Very few turnovers. That's the one thing that I think for a, for a Vic Fangio, who's very much up against the wall uh, in 2021, that could be quite the deciding factor. But otherwise, I mean, look, Drew Locke, just from a traits perspective, I mean, he and Teddy Bridgewater, it's not really close. 
It isn't, and I don't mind Bridgewater as a failsafe, but keep him as just that, a failsafe. Keep him as a strict number two or break glass in case of emergency. That's what he should be, and he's proven throughout the course of his career, unfortunately, Bridgewater, he's proven this, given the opportunity, unlike Locke, that he's really not an elite franchise caliber starting quarterback at this level. He is what he is, which is a bridge starter, a guy that can groom a younger guy. But I think Willie said was spot on. Drew's ceiling is indisputably higher if given the opportunity. And uh, if whatever Locke can do to learn from Bridgewater to protect the ball better, that's one thing. But again, we're talking about a guy who threw 15 picks versus a guy who threw 11 picks. So this whole narrative about Teddy Bridgewater being the safe choice and being what Fangio wants, what happens, Chad, if he gets in the game and the defense puts eight in the box and stops the run and dares Bridgewater to beat you with his arm? I don't think he can do that. But given the opportunity, I think Locke can do that because you can't debate the arm talent. Definitely a big departure relative to arm talent. Dwayne jumping in, who has become a bona fide superstar in our community. Thank you, Dwayne. You demand. He says, best pod out there. We really, really do appreciate that, brother. And just how, you know, you've really uh, come on strong the last month or so. And it's just been really cool for us to see and just know we appreciate you. Zach, I want to pick your brain here on this latest uh, on the Aaron Rodgers trail. And, of course, this came from uh, James Palmer of NFL Network. Let me get to the quote here in your article, guys. Go read the article. But here's what. Uh, Palmer said, quote, I've talked to people inside the building who have told me it's a real possibility Aaron Rodgers could end up with the Denver Broncos. Those same people have told me that, remember, deals of this size with players of this nature, MVPs, are difficult to get done. And you don't know if they're going to get done until you get to the finish line. At the same time, you need the Packers to make him available. But let's just talk about how the Broncos are a legitimate landing spot. Remember how aggressive George Payton has been at the quarterback spot and how he's talked about how aggressive he's going to be about improving the quarterback spot? When they heard the news about Aaron Rodgers and his uncomfortable situation with the Green Bay Packers, they started thinking about what a package would be if they were going to try to put something together for Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, the Packers on draft day weren't picking up the phone and talking about those discussions. Close quote for the moment. Zach, we learned, I think it was Peter King talked to the GM, uh, Brian Gutekunst, who said, you know what, only one team called me on Thursday night, the first round of the draft. You know, they called checking on Aaron. I told him no, and that's it. Do you believe that? I'm sure George Payton made a phone call, and I think that's what Palmer is reporting here, that he they're a legitimate landing spot because verifiably Payton made contact with – the Packers GM, whose last name I won't butcher any longer. So I, 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 all the reports that came out, and if you see my deck there, Chad, it says smoke to fire. Because every single report which I've mentioned in this actual report has slowly pointed to the Broncos being the favorite to acquire Rodgers. And why is that? When it's not just one guy or two guys, when it's three and four and five media members and outlets reporting the same thing, obviously there's something there. So I bet Peyton made a phone call. I bet the Packers GM said, He's probably not going to be available, if or it's going to take just a massive, massive trade. And then that's when those discussions ended for then. Maybe they said, call us back on June 2nd. Call us back in three weeks. Call us back if you don't like your quarterbacks later this summer. So I think there's a lot of truth to this report. But for people to start leapfrogging and assuming it's a done deal, I think that's where I kind of pump the brakes. All right, so he goes on to say, uh, let me find the quote here. 
very few teams have the cap ability to land Aaron Rodgers. The Broncos do. They have the second most cap space in the NFL. And then a lot of teams would have to unload an expensive quarterback to make room room for Aaron Rodgers. The Broncos don't have to do that. Teddy Bridgewater, because of the way George Payton played it, they only have him for about three or four million, and Drew Locke is below that. They don't have these constraints that a lot of other teams have in landing Aaron Rodgers. That makes them a suitable spot, close quote. So that is another one of the selling points. You know, if you're you're Aaron Rodgers and you're thinking to yourself, you know, I'm going to try and force my way out of Green Bay, where's the plausible, you know, who are the plausible suitors for where I could go next? We know what a few of the reasons why he's drawn to Denver. And that is, first of all, his fiance from Boulder, uh, the young talent defense with a defensive minded coach set to win now. But Zach, the fact that George Payton has the salary cap space to maybe open up the checkbook and really make him feel loved as a brand new Denver Bronco. You got to believe that that plays a, a role in it as well. Yeah, I was going to say, he doesn't really care about the Broncos' salary cap space, but he does care about what the Broncos can do for him with that salary cap space. And another reason why the Broncos are intriguing is, reportedly, he wants to come out west. He's a California boy. He wants to be a little closer to his roots. And the Broncos, like you mentioned, his fiance would offer him that. But also, contrarily, Peter King reported that the Packers GM, Gutekunst, say it right, He's extending an olive branch. He wants these things to work out. King calls it a peace treaty there. But as he noted, both sides are dug in and both sides, like I've been saying for the last 10 pods, this is all a game right now. It's chicken. And they're going to see which side blinks first, either A-Rod or the Packers. Indeed. It's going to be very, very interesting to see how this whole soap opera plays out. Even if it doesn't end up playing out to the benefit of the Denver Broncos, rather tectonic to see a future Hall of Fame quarterback and the reigning NFL MVP trying to force his way out of what is a winning franchise. Because look, even when Peyton Manning was released by the Indianapolis Colts back in the spring of 2012, it was on the heels of him missing the entire season. It was on the heels of four neck surgeries and the Colts sucked for luck. I mean, they he was coming out of a, a situation where he was penciled in before the draft as the starting quarterback of a team that went two and 14 the year prior. This is very different, man. The Packers were in the NFC title game, Aaron Rodgers, similar age, a little bit older than Peyton was then Aaron 37 turning 38. Peyton was 36 turning 37, but the reigning MVP. Okay. Parachutes ready. Boy, the things I go through to get auto loan rates as low as 1.04% APR for 36 months on new vehicles with PenFed. You are aware that you don't have to be a military member to save hundreds on your auto loan, aren't you? Anyone can join PenFed. As someone terrified of heights, I probably should have looked into that. Probably. Drop me off at the shore. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash autos or call 1-800-247-5626. Advertised rates available through the PenFed car buying service. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Turn off your laptop. We're on staycation. I'm on TotalWine.com. They have so many rosés, chardonnays, and proseccos. It feels like a real vacation. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico's. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. 
The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Gary, appreciate you, my friend. One of our great Facebook super supporters, he says, I am a George Payton fan, so I'll be okay whether we get Aaron Rodgers or not. Due diligence is his game. Yeah, I mean, George Payton, um, I think that decision's already been made, Zach. If they, he gets made available, we're going after him. I think that's going to happen. It's just a matter of if there is a bridge too far in the distance, how far is that bridge? Where does the buck stop in terms of what it would cost the Broncos? Well, I want to make two points real quick. I see more people are comparing. I saw someone calling me out for uh, noting that Rogers' age makes a trade prohibitive, but they and they reference Peyton Manning. But let me just again draw the, the the contrast here. Peyton Manning was a free agent. All he did was have to sign on the dotted line. You did not have to give up draft capital to acquire him, and that is huge for George Peyton, who would way sooner cut a hundred and fifty million dollar check than give up two first round draft picks. And secondly, let me just say this. Even if you're an anti-locker in Broncos country, if they miss out on Aaron Rodgers, we should all be so encouraged and optimistic that the Broncos have a GM who's doing whatever it takes to make this team a playoff and championship contender once again, Chad. From going after quarterbacks, from putting your nose into MVP discussions for Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he's really doing everything he can in year one, mind you, being a rookie GM, stepping in for John Elway. So even if they don't make this trade, even if they go into the season with Locke and Bridgewater, I think Broncos country should be very happy with having George Payton at the controls. Willie jumping in with a super chat after gracing us with an appearance on the show. Appreciate you, Willie. Appreciate being brought on, fellas. Forgot to give my shout out to John. Going to have to have y'all give that for me. Yep, of course. Shout out to John. Back in the saddle. Feels good having our producer back with us, Zach, after a week off. Yep. So, yes, shout out to the Buona Beast, to John K. We love John, and we're happy to have him back. So, thanks for that, Willie. Uh, Michaela, in the house, the Duchess of MHH. Appreciate you. She says, welcome back. Hugs to our beast. You were missed. Indeed, Zach, he was missed. He was, and we're very, very happy to have him back. And we see him down there working diligently, Chad. He won't even look at us down there in the green room. He's working hard, but he sees the uh, the love, and he appreciates it, and we appreciate it uh, for him as well. John, do you see? Um, there's another one. For, there's there's another one from Dwayne. There's one from Christopher. There's a there's one from Doug Stu. Um, another from Michaela, and then Kane had another one as well, and then Drew, and then King Kirk. So quite a few names that have, have been skipped that I don't have. The closest one to me is that one from Willie because my stream just jumped at, what is that, 642. Zeus in the house. Always a better show when we know we've got the patron saint of Mile High Huddle, Zeus McPeak, in the chat, listening, contributing to the conversation. He says, hi, all Stu, we love you. We miss you. I hope things are going well. Hope uh, you're thriving out there in Texas. And uh, hope you had a great Mother's Day weekend with your family. And Stu, as always, I feel like I've said this about a billion times because I have. Thank you so much for your support and your generosity. It means the world to us. And like Chad said, we hope you're doing very, very well. Indeed. Um, all right. John's getting a few queued up here so that we can catch up. And while he's doing that, I want to scroll through and give some some props here to our Twitch audience. Like Savage Boy Kev, appreciate you, brother. He says, I think that Peyton brought Bridgewater in to make him feel himself. Regardless, if Teddy beats Locke, 
out, I think Locke was going to start in the first place. So regardless if Teddy beats Locke out, Locke was going to start in the first place. I mean, you know, we'll see how it ultimately shakes out. But I think Locke is going to have the edge. He knows the personnel. He knows the playbook. I mean, Teddy probably knows most of the playbook, too, from his time uh, under Shermer on the sideline. He never really played played for Shermer in Minnesota. But still, Locke has the edge. It'll be hard to vanquish him. I know a lot of fans, they they want to be dismissive and pretend like Locke is some incompetent fool. But it's not going to be easy for Teddy Bridgewater to uh, vanquish Locke in an open competition. Yeah, and I don't think a lot of Broncos fans, especially anti-lockers, want to admit this, but I think they brought Teddy in with the idea of him being a backup. I think what they want to do is kind of tilt the competition, if there is one, in Locke's favor because they have invested time and energy and a second-round draft pick in him, whereas they have no investment beyond, what, $3, 4000000 million in Teddy Bridgewater. He's just a fail-safe, in my opinion. So Locke should win this battle. I think the Broncos want him to win this battle. The only thing I disagree on is if Teddy beats him out, Teddy starts. The best man should be the quarterback this season. You know, it's going to be really interesting to see how Drew responds to the viable, plausible threat of Teddy Bridgewater. And I remain of the opinion just based on, I don't know, you can call it gut. You can call it just my own intuition. And who knows? I mean, I've been wrong before, but my intuition on this is that he's going to rise to the occasion. It's been a long time, Zach. It's been a long time since Drew Locke has truly had to sing for his supper in terms of, I mean, go back to Missouri, right? He ends up playing a lot as a freshman and he never really looked back. He was the man in Missouri from that point forward as a rookie You know, he had Uncle Joe ahead of him on the depth chart. And by the time Drew actually entered the equation, he wasn't competing with Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco was on injured reserve. His competitor was actually Brandon Allen. Was that true, viable NFL caliber competition? No. This will be really the first time in a long time that Drew's kind of been forced into a corner where he's got to sing for that supper. A little competitive anxiety, I think, is good for anybody. Uh, in any sort of a performance-based uh, profession. And I'm just here to tell you, I do think it's going to have a positive effect on Drew's play. I think it's probably the, the the last factor that the Broncos have yet to use up to this point to really try and use some uh, Bill Parcells coach psychology to bring out that better version, the best possible version of Drew Locke. And if I'm wrong, guys, hey, I'll fall on that sword and I'll eat the crow. This time, you know, August, come August, we'll know by end of August. Yeah, it's uh, put up or shut up time for Drew Locke. And even if he wins this competition, which I also agree, I think he will. He will beat Bridgewater out, given a fair opportunity. But he's going to have to keep earning that every single week, Chad. He's past the point of being given anything, grandfathered into anything. He's going to be the starting quarterback on a weekly basis. But that's a good thing for someone like Drew Locke. I mean, this is a guy who responds best when he's trapped in a corner and it's fight or flight. And I think he'll... Um, you know, fight off a lot of the unwarranted criticism and unwarranted hatred that he's been receiving from the fan base and the media of this past couple of years. Dwayne again, appreciate you, bro. I'm split on the Jersey numbers. Just something we'll have to get used to, I guess, talking about the single digit jerseys. I hate it. Yeah, it will be, but Hey, you know what? For Broncos fans like us that, you know, Hey, you want to try and find cool different things to maybe, you know, wave, fly the Bronco flag, get yourself a new jersey. Maybe you had a K.J. Hamler number 13. Now you can get a K.J. Hamler number one 
or get a you know brand spanking new Pat Sertan number two. Who needs not, not too many Broncos fans need an excuse to go get a, a new jersey. Or you can just be happy, you know, you can take apart your Joe Flacco number five and make it a Bridgewater. You can get some use out of it instead of washing your car with it. Absolutely. We got one here from Doug Henninger. Really appreciate you, my friend. That's two nights in a row. We've seen you active on Super Chat. So thank you. It was also really cool uh, to see you send us the selfie of the new, brand new, I think it was Let Him Hate, yes, indeed, uh, that you got. He says here, man, I can't wait for a year when we have our QB and there's no speculation about who the guy is. Also, really digging the jersey rule. So, Zach, Doug is digging that new rule. And real quick, uh, whoops, let me uh, let me do a – I want to show you guys this proud Denver Broncos fan, all right, rocking the let him hate like a boss. There he is in the flesh, all right. There's there's Doug. But uh, appreciate you, Doug. Yeah, well, now, Zach, I can't, now I can't say anything critical because he has a let him hate T-shirt. But I, I just I, – I don't like the jersey rules. Maybe I'm a traditionalist at heart. I don't believe in change for the sake of change. I don't know why they decided to do this. It has yeah. no bearing on the game whatsoever. It doesn't make the game better, so I don't know. Another Facebook super supporter, Brad Murdoch. Love you, bro. He says, what's the latest on right tackle? They had a couple visits set up this week, I thought. Yes, indeed. They have visits set up with Dennis Kelly and is is Bobby Massey. Massey. That's who they're meeting with. And that is, and unless, I know one of them is making another visit before they get to Denver. I'm trying to remember which one it is. Either way, one of those two guys, odds are, by the end of the week, is getting signed. I my my money's on Dennis Kelly because what he can do for you in the running game, and he spent most of his career as a swing tackle, and then played 16 last year at right tackle for the Titans, helped pave the way for a 2,000 yard rushing campaign, as you've talked about before, Zach, for Derrick Henry. Juwan James put on the NFI list. I know there was some scuttlebutt. Oh, maybe it's not a season-ending injury. No, no, no. That ends his his season. That's a nice little foreshadowing, a nice little harbinger of what the Broncos are going to do, which is release him with a with maybe a settlement to come, but they're not paying him anymore. He's done. Goodbye, 20-some-odd million bucks. Yeah, bye-bye, Juwan. It was nice having you for 63 snaps. Uh, Chad, I, I agree with you. I think they should sign Dennis Kelly, but there's something nagging inside of me that says they're going to sign Bobby Massey. Something about Fangio's ties to Chicago, Peyton's ties to Minnesota where he watched Massey twice a year. He would come cheaper than Dennis Kelly. I want Kelly, but I do think they will end up signing Bobby Massey. Hope I'm wrong. Kane Dawson, what's up, buddy? Thanks again. Appreciate you. He says, I hate to say hi and bye. It is what it is, though. All right, buddy. Well, all good. It's all good. We appreciate uh, appreciate your support. Appreciate you popping in with us, even if for a moment. Zach, while John gets the, the next one queued up here, here is an interesting one from Savage Boy Kim. Your thoughts on Tim Tebow's comeback? <laughs> I'm stoked. So if you guys missed it, Tim Tebow tried out for the Jacksonville Jaguars as a tight end, and they're going to sign him. So the question is, does he stick? And is that really – Drama you want to flirt with, Zach, when you've got a brand-new number one overall pick in Trevor Lawrence. You really want to confuse the situation because the biggest problem NFL teams had with Tim Tebow, believe it or not, it wasn't that he wasn't a great quarterback. It was that he was not a great quarterback that brought a, you know, A-list celebrity media firestorm with him everywhere he went. So do you really want to deal with that for your fourth or fifth string tight end when you're trying to nurture along and spring a brand-new NFL quarterback, number one pick. Well, I, I will say this. I think a lot of it is a publicity stunt 
Would he have got this job if the coach wasn't Urban Meyer? No. Would he have got the job if the team wasn't in Jacksonville where he was close to being, you know, he played in Florida, so that's an area where he was a star? No, that wouldn't happen either. But you don't get that same media circus like you would 10 years ago. I think a lot of that has passed him by with him falling off the NFL map, being in baseball, being an analyst. This isn't like when he was running in the rain with the Jets. This is far removed from that. And I will say this about Tim Tebow. He should have made this move five, seven years ago, but the Jacksonville Jaguars tight end room is barren. You and I can walk off the street and get an audition right now. So I wouldn't discount Tim Tebow getting a roster spot. Crazier things have happened in the NFL, especially recently, but I'd be shocked if he became the next great tight end at age whatever he is now. 33. And so that's where it's a rare instance where I got to disagree with Zach. I think that he will bring a media firestorm, and I think it's going to very quickly wear thin on these Jacksonville Jaguars by the time you get through training camp. Even if he's pulling his weight as a tight end, it's going to be hard to justify keeping that dude around when he's. everyone wants to talk to Tim Tebow. Now, we'll see how much the media rules are loosened up when camp comes around in terms of access to players and being there in person and you know, being able to request talking to this player or that player, but we'll see. Uh, Willie, what's up, dude? Again, thank you, bro. He loves the idea of T- Tebow coming back as a tight end. And, Zach, the irony of the whole thing is when things started to not work out for him as a, as a pro quarterback, everyone was saying, dude, just go be a tight end. You can make it work. And he was like, no, my dream's to be an NFL quarterback. I'm not going to – it's all or nothing. Apparently it's not all or nothing. I saw a really, really funny tweet. I don't know if I should say it, but it it said, you know, his athletic career has been like a -a make-a-wish kid where you want to play quarterback in the NFL? Sure. You want to play baseball? Pick up a bat. You want to come back and play tight end at age 33 for the Jaguars? Might as well. I mean, he's lived out the dream as an athlete, and he's a good person. He, He really is a great individual, and I think he'll be good for the community. He'll be good for the locker room as long as he's there. I just think it's it's more of a PR stunt than anything else. Agreed on that, but I do think uh, it's going to be it's going to be a little bit of a it's going to be fun to watch. I'll just put it that way. Michaela, again, thank you, my friend. She says I heard Rogers and Packers talked over the weekend and that they are talking biggest contract ever, Mahomes money. That is why the field's been quiet. Any thoughts? I hadn't read that, Zach. Maybe you had. Um, I hadn't heard that, but. If there's anything that's going to sway him back to into the saddle, back into the Packers manger, it's making him like the godfather, right? Like Vito, making him an offer he can't refuse. Can you put the question back up? Uh, yeah, about uh, the Packers say talking to him over the weekend about a contract that would break the Patrick Mahomes mold. It's never been about the contract, uh, reportedly. That's what Peter King said. It's not just about that. There's other things at play, and I think his ego was really sorely bruised from the Jordan Love pick, from him not being briefed on roster moves and personnel moves. It's all ego-driven, not just money-driven. The guy has made, what, $200 million between endorsements, his contracts, this and that. It's not just money for A-Rod. It's a lot deeper than that. Nothing rings the bell. This is something one of my mentors in life taught me. Uh, nothing rings the bell like money. So we'll see. You know, another one. Something, something, uh, money talks and something, something walks, right? So we'll see how that shakes out. Uh, Christopher, what's up, dude? Up in Canada, jumping in. That's a name we don't recognize, Zach. So, hey, welcome welcome, welcome to the Manger Homes. Get, uh, make sure you connect with us on Twitter, and we'll, we'd love to shout you out after. Um, Started listening at the tail end of last season. Best ever live pod for the Broncos. 
Keep it up, priests, and the beast. State of being, Broncos for life. Appreciate you, Chris. Thank you. You demand. Uh, all right, let me see here, John. I think from oh Drew and King Kirk, if you got access to him, then I think that might bring us current to where I'm at in the stream as we sit here at let's see, we're at 47 minutes. Let me let me just circle back real quick and double check that. Uh, yeah, so Drew King Kirk, up oh, Jeremy Hancock, Justin Jarvis. And then I'm going to be current. So that's the quartet there. Uh, in the meantime, as John's getting that queued up, we've got Drew. He's ready to roll. Here he is. He's been on the show. We love him. He's a superstar. He's a Mount Rushmore superstar. What's up, Drew? He says, y'all know I'm a Lock fan. That said, we can win a Super Bowl with Rodgers. I don't believe he's a cancer in any way. In the last 10 years, Green Bay has drafted nine defenders in the first. And Jordan Love. Yeah, I agree with you, Drew, that, um, you know, all due respect to Willie, I think a cancer is a little harsh to say that about about Aaron, but you know, he's just got some weird picadillos about him. He definitely turned this team from a question mark, you know, are they going to be a dark horse that kind of goes from uh, worst to first to a bona fide threat, bona fide contender in the AFC? I, I, even Drew's mom would tell you that A-Rod makes the Broncos a title contender. I don't think that's in question. I think the question is, is it guaranteed? And Broncos country seems to think if you get another quarterback not named Drew Locke in here, whether it's Deshaun Watson, Fields, Mac Jones, it doesn't matter who you get, you're going to be guaranteed a title. It doesn't work that way. There's no guarantees. You'd be lucky to get three years from A-Rod, and in that window, you have to hope he delivers and gives the Broncos a return on investment. So, of course, he'd be a contender. Of course, he'd be a better team. He's a future Hall of Famer, but it's not a guarantee that you're giving up the farm and the land and the mules and the house and the title and the car for all of that for a guaranteed ring. Peyton Manning was an aberration. That's not the rule. I mean, really, the closest you can get to a guarantee is Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. And Peyton's done. Tom, he's playing his last days in Tampa Bay. Aaron, I just look, I like him a lot. I've always thought he's a little bit overrated. You guys have heard me say that on this podcast before. But look, last year he was a transcendent. Okay, parachutes ready. Boy, the things I go through to get auto loan rates as low as 1.04% APR for 36 months on new vehicles with PenFed. You are aware that you don't have to be a military member to save hundreds on your auto loan, aren't you? Anyone can join PenFed. As someone terrified of heights, I probably should have looked into that. Probably. Drop me off at the shore. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash autos or call 1-800-247-5626. Advertised rates available through the PenFed car buying service. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. People say treat yourself like you need a reason. But McDonald's treats are perfect for every day. Like bold McCafe iced coffee. Get any size for $1.69. Or pick up any size sweet tea for a dollar. The largest served in an insulated cup that keeps your tea cold. Feeling a little extra something-something? Try the classic bakery sweets like an apple fritter. With so many ways to treat yourself, you don't need an excuse. Just come back tomorrow. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Hey, don't forget the Johnsons are coming over. I want to find a rosé Jill hasn't tried yet. Let's go exploring at Total Wine. Their prices are ridiculously low. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, always low prices. Total Wine and more. Quarterback, he made a lot of hay out of very little. I mean, the weapons, he's got a great, you know, Devontae Adams trust on that. He's That's the one go-to. But the supporting cast he had was not like the old days. You know, the 2010 team that won the Super Bowl 
not quite of that same caliber. And he ended up having one, if not the best statistical season of his entire career. So even though I might feel like he's a little overrated, I still, I can't say that he's a bona fide guaranteed Super Bowl berth if you sign Aaron Rodgers, because Zach, how many times has he been back to just like within striking distance of the summit, right? NFC title game since 2010, since they won the Super Bowl. I want to say four times, but it might be five. It's been two in a row now. It also let, uh, you know lends more credence to the whole point that we make. It, it takes more than just a quarterback, I, or else why does he only have one title? Why hasn't he even been to more Super Bowls if he's – I mean, he's a great quarterback, but it takes more than that. And if he couldn't make it with Matt LaFleur last year, came up short against Brady, what do you realistically think he's going to do with Vic Fangio and Pat Shermer? That's also a question that I've raised that no one really has an answer for. King Kirk, what's up, dude? Appreciate you. Connect on Twitter, by the way. I don't think we are connected over there. So he says, stick with Locke and our young squad. First time with the same offensive coordinator, young players getting more time together, and Locke has a chip on his shoulder. Give him the chance to prove himself. He gets one more shot. King Kirk, if I had to put money on it today, I would put money on that, Zach, that Drew Locke gets his one last swing at the plate to prove he can be the guy this year. But again, I'm telling you, unless it's just a crazy ask that the Packers have, because look, the one thing no one's really taking into consideration here is Broncos fans start just like assuming that this deal is fate accompli, that it's matter of course, is look, we've heard Mark Davis and the Las Vegas Raiders are really keen on this idea too. John Gruden, uh, Mike Mayock. And if they come throwing redonkulous packages at the Packers and hey, if you're Aaron Rodgers, that's just a pretty stacked offense, too. And you're out west as well. And you're in a more media friendly market in, in Vegas relative to Denver. You know, he could end up landing there. And Zach, if that's how it shakes out, Broncos fans again, going to have to uh, console yourself with little old Drew. Yeah, I mean, it, he's not infallible either. Uh, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, he can be beaten, as you saw last season, as you've seen in his career. He can be injured, he can be beaten. So in a worst-case scenario, I mean, this is just fodder right now, but in a worst-case scenario, let's say he does end up in Vegas, it's not a guaranteed um, assertion that he would sweep the Broncos every year. He would win a title out there. Nothing is guaranteed in football, literally nothing, zero. And as much as that – Offense is ready for just that kind of a dynamic trigger, man. The Raiders still have a lot of question marks on defense. So you go from the frying pan to the fire if you're Aaron Rodgers. Jeremy, what's up, dude? Appreciate you. He says, I try to support Locke, but if we're down and in a two-minute drill, I'm way more confident he's going to have a turnover than a touchdown to win. Going to have to do a lot to have full faith in him. No, no, no. I think that's fair. Like, I don't have full faith in him. I don't. I mean, there, he still has a lot to prove. I try to stray Zach from double negatives, but he did not leave no doubt last year. He did the opposite. He left doubt. But you know what? And he has had some pretty remarkable clutch moments as a as a starting quarterback in the league. I mean, look, the Texans game, that was a blowout from the get, but his first start against the Chargers, you know, coming in, fish out of water, been sidelined with a thumb all freaking year long. Then he finally gets the chance to start two touchdowns early. And then the Chargers come back, tie it up, has to throw it deep, gets that P.I. field goal, get out of there with the win. Plus, I mean, look, the come from behind against the Chargers in week eight this past season. Let's I, I get what you're saying, Jeremy, because you kind of feel punch drunk. You don't know if he's going to make a big play or do something that's going to cost the team. But let's just be careful of of not pretending 
that he's never done anything of note in the clutch. Exactly. And Jeremy, I sympathize with you because I have these same worries about Drew Locke as you do. I mean, I'm always waiting for that shoe to drop, whether it's the first play of the game or in the fourth quarter, he's always prone to that turnover. That's not in, in dispute here. We just, Chad and I in, in a sect of Broncos country, just wants to see what he can do this year. And if he's continuing those mistakes, if he hasn't learned, if he hasn't grown, then get rid of him, banish him. Cut him. Do whatever you want. Get another quarterback in there. But at least all we're saying is let us see if he's improved. Let us see what kind of quarterback the 2021 Drew Locke is and not judging him on 2020 Locke and 2019 Locke. But, Zach, isn't that true for most young quarterbacks? You know, when the chips are down, your your heart's in your throat a little bit because you don't know if it's going to be a big play to win at all or a facepalm moment. I mean, he's a young quarterback, guys. He's still sowing his oats he's still kind of figuring out as we talked about with Willie how to walk that razor's edge of being a game manager that takes care of business to also you know knowing when and how to take chances and push the ball it goes for every player young quarterback or Patrick Mahomes I mean in the Super Bowl Chad he he was I know he's missing his old line and he was hurt himself but it wasn't a guarantee that every pass he threw was a touchdown you're still holding your breath on every play because anything can happen on any given down on any given Sunday. They made a wonderful movie out of it, Chad. My favorite football movie of all time, and it's the truth. Anything can happen on any day in any given snap. That goes for football. It goes for life. Nothing is taken for granted. Nothing's guaranteed. Uh, John, real quick, we got after uh, JJ here, we got Call of Duty. We got Tom El Greco again. We got Drew again. We got Dale Rudd. We got uh, Christian no, we're Christians where we're current. So Call of Duty, Tom, Drew, Dale, and uh, we're, we're good. So Justin Jarvis, appreciate you, bro. I don't get to watch live much due to life with kids, but I'll watch tomorrow morning on my way to work. Thanks for being enablers to my Broncos addiction. Yeah, we're like slinging crack, right? We're the, we're the crack version of, of the NFL. Rodgers or Locke, either way, we're making a run this year. Do you feel that way, Zach? Rodgers or Locke, you're going to see the Broncos make a little noise this year. I mean, barring the coaching melting down this year, and that's no, you know, guarantee it's not going to happen. Yeah, this this roster from top to bottom, offense, defense is loaded. After they did in the signing period, adding the talent they did, the draft they had, uh, drafting for now, drafting for the future. So even if you have a top five quarterback in A-Rod or a, whatever you want to call them, a bottom half quarterback in Drew Locke. I think this team is set up to have sustained success and they're going to ground and pound their way to, I think, 9, 10, 11 wins this coming season. Call of Duty, what's up, dude? Good to have you. Really appreciate your support as always, brother. Successful teams play to the QB strengths, like the Ravens. Uh, They need to use more RPOs, more screens, quick throws to the playmakers. Why make him something he isn't? This was one of our big gripes all season long with Pat Shermer is square peg round hole. You weren't really trying to scheme not only to Drew's strengths schematically, but Zach, even from a strategic perspective, these are go-tos to get any quarterback, especially a young quarterback, in a rhythm. Get them flowing. Get them you know, completing some passes, picking up uh, the, the yards that are there. And there's yards there on almost every single play when a, when a quarterback drops back to pass. It sucked really bad that we very rarely saw just that that gut feel for not only what he was dealing with in Drew, but just like flow of the game. That's one of the reasons, Zach, why both you and I have some serious reservations about Pat Shermer 
moving forward as the OC. To me, the only thing there is to hang my hat on with regard to Shermer optimism wise is, hey, man, he's been in the league a long time. He's a former AP assistant coach of the year. And at least Drew will have the same scheme two years in a row. And the reverse is true. Pat Shermer will have the same personnel, the same cue two years in a row. So in the same way that we can expect that to benefit Drew, we should expect it to benefit Pat as well. You know, that also scares me, though, because he can have 10 years in the scheme, but if the scheme is bad, the scheme is bad. And uh, we're getting questions whether the quarter the coordinator should call screen passes and RPOs. This isn't 2003. This is 2021, where RPOs, screens, reverses, trickeration is a staple part of an offense, Chad. And that's my worry. I mean, if you watch Kansas City's offense, not every first down is a long 75-yard pass. A lot of the opportunities Patrick Mahomes has on first down is getting seven, eight-yard passes because this might surprise you. Working in second and two and working in second and ten makes a world of a difference. It puts your offense in rhythm. It opens up the playbook more. Pat Shermer has to know that. The fact that he doesn't know that, Chad, is shocking to me, truly shocking. Tom again. Thanks, buddy. He says, Drew Locke, Drew Locke, say it with me, guys. Let them hate. Yeah, dude, let them hate. And it's like Jake Plummer said in his conversation with the fan with uh, the Nick and Cecil show, uh, Nick Ferguson, Cecil Lammy last week that, you know, hopefully Drew Locke has the last laugh. If Drew Locke does have the last laugh, even those who are really down on him, guys, you know what that would mean? Your team's a winning product on the field. So you should be and would hope to be happy to see Drew Locke get the last laugh. Like It's like with Garrett Bowles. You know, I went from being very, very positive, you know, patient with him those first two years to – in year three, man, when it just got, the depredations reached just all-time lows, I hopped off that train. And I was right there with Zach saying, this is, you know, this sucks. This is bad. You know, time to – you can't count on Garrett anymore. And I never said that. And has an, has an all-pro year. And I was right there to say, look, guys, hey, I was wrong to jump off too soon. And I was happy to be wrong. Hopefully that's the same kind of mindset that guys who are still – and gals who are still skeptical of Drew – Maybe even those who might have some of that locked arrangement syndrome will feel when that day comes. And Chad, we hope to be right this fall about Drew Locke because it would benefit the Broncos if they don't make an Aaron Rodgers trade for yep. Locke to do well. But if we're wrong, we'll be on here the first very week of the season. If they yank Locke or he bombs, we'll tell you guys at the first drop of a hat. We were wrong about Locke. He does not deserve to be the quarterback of the Broncos any longer, and they should move on. But just let him get to that point. That's all we're saying. Christian, what's up, dude? Thanks for the super chat. He says, Sertan, number two, but OJ Moody at 13. I don't love it. Denver Broncos for life. Yeah, it's going to take some getting used to, but I don't think it'll take all that long. I mean, look, both Zach and I, we prefer the, you know, the traditional way, but uh, that ship has sailed. You know, they're, they're going to more reflect really the way it looks in college now in uh, the NFL. Yeah, just call him Odell Beckham Judia. All right, moving on. <laughs> Tom again. Thanks, bro. He says, if Locke ends up somewhere else, he'll ball out in the right system. Can't give up on him, guys. Yeah, we uh, we agree on that for the most part, buddy. We do. I mean, one of my – I think it would be really cool to see um, – yeah, we got, we got that one from Tom. I think it would be really cool to see Drew in a Kyle Shanahan scheme, but I don't think that's ever going to happen. I would love to see what he can do given – a Kellen Moore, you know, Greg Roman, any of these, Matt LaFleur, Cliff Kingsbury, Joe Brady, any of these young up-and-coming coaches, what he can do with a young quarterback, I think he would have just a much, much higher ceiling than Pat Shermer. 
All right, we have officially crossed the one hour mark, so we got to kind of rapid fire from here, starting with a great, great superstar, Dale. What's up, dude? He says, maybe I'm crazy, but for me, Locke is the most promising quarterback in Denver since Peyton. So far, I'm confident in what Peyton has been doing. Love the pod and facts from MHH. Thank you, John, Chad, and Zach. Appreciate you, Dale. I would even go so far as to say he is the most promising quarterback the Broncos have had since Jay Cutler. That's what I would say. Like Tim Tebow, you know, everyone had hopes and dreams, but like when you saw him out there on the field, you knew that that was going to be a short-lived thing. And every quarterback post-Cutler to Locke arriving, I really do think you've set Peyton aside. He's a unicorn. Locke is the most promising guy the Broncos have had. He is, and uh, we hope that the Broncos can get the return on investment that they're seeking and that they should get. But like I said, regardless of what happens this year, Rodgers trade, no Rodgers trade, Locke starting, Bridgewater starting, the entire the entirety of Broncos country, every fan, no matter which aisle you're on, which side you're on in this quarterback debate, we all have to feel encouraged by the job George Payton's doing. I don't think any one of us expected him to come in here and re redo the culture in one offseason, import the players, and make his stamp on the team as he had. So I'm very encouraged by the job George Payton's doing, and uh, I'll repeat it again. It was a home run hire by Denver. Curtis Everett jumping in, a newer name on Super Chat. So welcome. welcome. Thank you, Curtis. He says, and connect with us on Twitter, buddy. He says, what's up, boys? What jersey should I get this year? Hey, man, that's not that's up to you, man. That's a personal decision that every Broncos fan has to weigh in the balance. So I don't know. I mean, there's some intriguing ones. I tend to roll in when I've purchased jerseys. I tend to roll with the guys who have at least kind of proven themselves a little bit so I can feel like my investment is relatively safe, even exactly. if they end up hitting free agency and leaving at some point. Uh, so that's that's my overall philosophy. But not everyone agrees with me. I also tend to get like legendary players. So, you know, you're not going to get hurt by them. They're not going to change teams or change numbers. It's a tricky situation right now. I would wait. This is my advice. All these jersey changes are not going to be finalized until August, September training camp at the very uh, at the very soonest. So wait on that a couple more months. Keep it on yeah, your be, mind. Be careful. All right, let me uh, double-check the back end. I think we might be, if not caught up, very close to being completely caught up, and uh, we'll have to say goodbye for tonight. But we've got, John, if you have access to him, we got one more from Willie, Jake, and BNS, and then we'll dip on out of here if you can. Because I don't think I see him on my side here. But, um, yeah, here's one. Uh, no, that's not a super. Bear with us, guys. When we're this late, we gotta we gotta try and keep it strictly with the the super chat superstars like Willie jumping in again, clarifying something he said on the show. Not all cancers are terminal, <laughs> but I don't like that drama on a young roster. Still stand by Drew. I still stand by that Drew gets six games, balls out, or I'm moving on. Uh, moving on. Amen, dude. Amen. And he's got his uh, emojis. We all know what it means. Yeah, I think if if Drew gets if Drew does end up winning the job, and he's going to have to win it in some way, shape, or form. If he does, I think that's probably about the window he'll get, unless Zach to prove that he can that he's stepping forward and that he has shown improvements and progress. Unless, you know, he has a two game slide. If the Broncos lose two in a row, and Drew was a big reason for it. Look, man, the Broncos they've they've been patient. I think for a long time. And I don't know that they'll be able to stay that much more patient. Right. But, you know, we'll see because you got a legit defense that's going to be able to force some turnovers with Vaughn back. 
and you know a healthy running game. That's one thing that people are missing in this whole equation is, and then strategically, right? What what Peyton has been thinking about when he was making those picks. Yeah, you said goodbye to Philip Lindsay, but you got Melvin back. You got Mike Boone, who's surprisingly scrappy, good young running back, and you just drafted a guy who could turn out to be one of the top five best running backs in this league inside of this his four-year rookie window and Javante Williams. Plus, you got the O-line to, to pave the way. You're just missing that one more piece, which is right tackle, Zach, which is why I think it probably ends up being Dennis Kelly. Now you've got the complete picture, and that can be a running or a quarterback's best friend. And what's not going to be, though, is if you, you have a head coach and a coordinator coaching for their jobs this year. So, Willie, I agree with the premise, of course, but I don't think he gets an automatic six games. I don't think he gets an automatic anything. Like I mentioned earlier, if he wins the job in a battle with Bridgewater, he's going to be evaluated on a game-by-game basis. Uh, Fangio and Shermer cannot afford to spoil a playoff-ready roster this year. So if they go 0-2, 0-3, they're going to have to start thinking about a move to Bridgewater, whether we like it or not. They can't wait six games. By the way, D-Dub, don't worry about it, dude. He's saying he's having problems trying to super chat. Last night you were you went off the chain. Don't even don't even worry about it, brother. We're just glad to have you with us, Jake. One or two more, and then we got to go. Starting here with Jake. Appreciate you, bro. He says I don't care who's quarterback. Just beat the damn Chiefs. Amen. Amen, brother. If only Case Keenum had better accuracy. <laughs> yeah, that ignominious streak wouldn't quite be so ignominious. All right, last one here from BNS. Good to see you, bro. Hope you've been doing well. He says your eminences. I'm all in. <laughs> If Aaron Rodgers is on the table, but I really believe people are sleeping on Locke. This year, he's driving a Ferrari, not a Geo. Hashtag all pro bowls from the Bulls News Network. Or no, Bulls. What was it? What News was it service. That? News service. Thank you. BNS, love you, bro. Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, this year the stars are aligning. So if Drew does end up winning the gig, man, he's, he's going to have carte blanche to have himself a nice season. And you know what? If he doesn't. Now you know. There's no more questioning it. There's no more this or that. He had his window. You move on. If you don't know, now you know. And in BNS, I love analogy, so I'll take this a step further. He's driving a Ferrari, but if he's driving and he starts to swerve or hits a pothole or hits a curb or a pedestrian, let's say, you got to get him out of the driver's seat. You can't afford to wreck this car. And the car is the Broncos' season, and who's in the back seat, helpless, you know, biting their fingernails are Vic Fangio and Pat Shermer. So he's going to get the opportunity. But if he is a bad driver, so to speak, I'm saying this as a Drew Locke fan, he deserves to be taken out of the driver's seat. Amen. All right, guys, we got a winder down here on tonight's episode of the Huddle Up podcast. One last thing, though, before we do dip on out, we just got to say thank you to our great uh, super supporters over on Facebook, giving us stars, including these awesome, awesome, awesome supporters, starting with Gerald Hendy. we got Gary Leeds Palmer, Brad Murdoch, Dave Glassman, Travis Tarbox. Hey, guys, if we didn't get to a topic or question that you had, forgive us. Just know that that support, it all adds up, and it keeps the lights on here at MHH and allows us to continue doing cool things over there on Facebook, video, podcast-wise. So shout out to you guys. Thank you so much. And, Zach, with that, dude, sign us off, bro. Uh, yeah, uh, you'll pull up the matters of business, but we will see you guys. We're going to take off tomorrow night, of course. We have building the Broncos tomorrow night at 6 o'clock, Mountain, 8 o'clock Eastern. But be sure, before we get to our little sign-off, follow the Huddle Up Pod at Huddle Up Pod. Follow the Mothership account at Mile High Huddle. Follow Chad, as you can see on the left side, or you could see before. 
uh, at Chad and Jensen. Follow me at Kelberman NFL. Give John K our producer a follow at John K M H H. Guys, if you can hit the merch store at huddleuppod.com. We would appreciate you perusing our store and picking up your piece of swag. If not, it's all good. We totally understand. Be sure though. Be sure. Promise us you'll do this. Subscribe, like, and share. Helps us out tremendously. We appreciate it. It'll help us grow. We love all of you. Thank you for another great episode, Chad. Another great week of podcast. Upcoming Wednesday night, schedule release show. A lot of news this week, a lot of news to break down. Hope maybe even a right tackle signing. Tomorrow's Tuesday. We're not podcasting, so I'm sure news will come out. But we will see you guys then on Wednesday night, 6 o'clock Mountain, 8 o'clock Eastern. Take care, and as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Hey, don't forget the Johnsons are coming over. I want to find a rosé Jill hasn't tried yet. Let's go exploring at Total Wine. Their prices are ridiculously low. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, always low prices. Total Wine and more. Turn off your laptop. We're on staycation. I'm on TotalWine.com. They have so many rosés, chardonnays, and proseccos. It feels like a real vacation. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more.